Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan. Follow me on Twitter at McKernan. Facebook, Timothy Michael McKernan, even though I've maxed out on the friend thing and I I don't know 4,800 of the people I'm friends with, but I'd love to know them all. I would love to know them all. Follow the Tim McKernan Show on Facebook. Uh, the TMA fan page is where I'm most active, I would say, just because I enjoy the non-anonymity of it, even though I know there's probably a few hundred fake accounts on there. Either way, it's the Tim McKernan Show, and it's from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly. This is a unique one today, brother. This is a unique one today, comma, brother. And I'll tell you why. Tell you how it all came to pass. But first, I got to tell you what we got going on because I'm fired up. I am fired up about what we have going on, and I think you're going to be fired up as well. Uh, this podcast is going up. Usually it goes up on Sunday night, and you can be listening to it whenever. Hell, you might be listening to this like in March of 2019 for all I know. But Sunday night, November 4th, 2018. Uh, so a lot of people wind up listening to them on, on that either Sunday night when it goes up or Monday morning. Uh, or Monday on their way home from work, whatever the case, but whenever you're listening to it. But here's what I'm telling you. If you're listening to it pre-November 12th, I've got the place you need to be. And I'm super excited about it. I was already excited about it because we were, we did this, just Doug Vaughn and I did this, uh, and it got a great crowd and a great turnout. And then Joe Buck and I did this, and it got a great crowd and a great turnout. And so now Dan McLaughlin and I are doing it. And we might do a series of these, like once every quarter or something like that, maybe one a month, I don't know, but once baseball season rolls around, Dan's, Obviously, got very little free time. Um, but we're doing this on Monday, November 12th. It's presented by Bud Select. And it is uh, the Dan McLaughlin and Tim McKernan Q&A at the Improv Shop, which is just east of the Grove in St. Louis. Uh, and it, uh, doors opening at 530, and we have a special guest to whom you can ask questions because it is a Q&A. And our special guest... And I don't know if we could have, if you would have said you can pick whoever you want in, in the St. Louis sports world and, and this person will show up and the audience will be able to ask questions. At this particular moment in St. Louis sports history, this is the person and we've got him for you. John Mazalak, he will be there. Uh, incredibly kind of him. Uh, you know, whether uh, you like him, you dislike him, um, I'd like to think you would agree that it's cool of him to do this. Uh, for him, it's in part because uh, portions of the proceeds from the event are going to Three Little Birds for Life, and he uh, he really is truly into charity. Um, and so he said to to Dan, he said, "Yep, I'll be there. I got a, this one thing, but I should be able to get there at six thirty. So we'll have him on for about a half hour on the stage. Uh, and it's not like this is like a five hundred person room. It's 
it's it's it does not hold, you know, so there's a limited amount of tickets. And as I'm sitting here recording this intro, another order came in. So uh, people are going to be getting these tickets. You can get them at eventbrite.com. That's eventbrite.com. Type in Tim McKernan, type in Dan McLaughlin, type in uh, John Mazalak. It'll pop up. Uh, I've tweeted out the link. I'm at T McKernan, Dan McLaughlin, at Danny Mac TV. He's tweeted it out. It's on the TMA fan page. You can find it. And you'll, for real, I, I, Mazalak, when we did the Joe Strauss golf tournament um, earlier this year, uh, he did it. He was kind enough to play, and it was so cold. It was like, I mean, for real, when we teed off, it was 26 degrees. It was snowing that morning, and it was late April, like April 19th. Um, and not only did he play, but he then stuck around to do a Q&A at Westboro Country Club that night. And the thing that stood out to me, I was kind of like, God, I, in a way, I hope nobody's recording this because he's saying some things that, you know, I think he's saying because these people spent money on the Joe Strauss charity. And then if it didn't have the context, people could go, what the, you know, it was very candid. And so I imagine you're going to get that candor um, at the improv shop on Monday, November 12th. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. Now, here, here's the thing. It's not just Mazalak. Me and McLaughlin are going to take your questions, and we'll give our candidate answers for certain uh, when Mo is done uh, at around 7. So we have a half hour with him. Ask whatever questions you want. People always say, the media in this town soft. All right. Well, here you go. You're in. Uh, it's uh, And here's the deal. It's a $50 ticket, and what that gets you is not just entry. It also gets you doors open at 530. Nanamama's Pizza online at N-A-N-A-M-M-A-M-A-S.com. Uh, is going to provide pizza. That's all included in your ticket. Uh, obviously, with Bud Select as the presenting sponsor, you're going to have drink specials. Um, and the doors open at 5.30. Dan, uh, John Mazalak, and I will take the stage at 6.30. And we'll probably go until around 8 or 8.30 and just BSing. Whatever you want to ask about. It's a free-for-all. So I love doing these things. Uh, my brother, Kevin, he uh, started up the improv shop. And uh, I'm really First off, I'm really proud of him. He's incredibly talented, very smart guy, good guy. And uh, this is his place, and uh, and now he's opening up another one in Kansas City. So he's got a whole thing going on. So it's cool to be able to have, like, this kind of intimate venue, and uh, and we're looking forward to doing it. So go to eventbrite.com, get your tickets. It's not like they're going to be around forever uh, because I know how many are available, and I know uh, how many the room holds. And if you want to have the opportunity to talk with uh, John Mazalock and ask him questions or ask me and McLaughlin questions. You're going to have that chance. Plus you're going to have food included. Not a mama's pizza. So good. And Bud Select is presenting it. It's a whole thing. It's the improv shop. It's going to be a fun night, Monday, November 12th, eventbrite.com. And in addition to that, we have, um, the, we're, uh, Bud Light is presenting, uh, hockey nights with Dan McLaughlin and me. And, uh, our first one is Friday, November 23rd, the night after Thanksgiving, at Enterprise Center, and it's the Blues and the Predators. I mean, what a perfect game. I mean, first off, so many people are in town. It's the holidays. You're hanging out. Uh, you watch Missouri-Arkansas during the day, Phil and Tiger during the day, and then you shoot on down to the Enterprise Center, brother. And it's not like Dan and I got a couple seats uh, next to Daddy Padre. Uh, we've got our own penthouse suite, and what your ticket will get you is... Uh, all of your food, starting 90 minutes before the game, by the way. Gourmet food. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, I know what you're going to get, Tim. I'm going to be able to walk through and get a hot dog and nacho chips. I've seen this before. And then, like, some nondescript meat will be there with a guy at the carving station, but it's not going to be that good. I've seen this song and dance. I'm not interested. That's fine. Don't be interested. Not a lot of room anyway. But if you are interested, it's gourmet food. And 
we have our own private bartender. It's presented by Bud Select. It's going to be a pony. Uh, and you can get your tickets at eventbrite.com for that. So when you go to eventbrite.com, you're going to see two different events with my name and Dan McLaughlin's name. Make sure you go to the one you want to, or go to both of them for that matter, uh, and enjoy the fun and games because that is coming up, and we are certainly looking forward to it. Uh, that is on November 23rd. Portions of the proceeds from the event uh, with John Mazalock will go to Three Little Birds for Life. That is a charity I have been working with for Oh, almost six years now, because my health scare was in November of 2012, and that's when I started working with them. And it's the way I describe it to people, it's like a St. Louis-based Make-A-Wish Foundation for young adults with cancer. And uh, the reason why I made my story public was because when that happened to me, I was in my mid-30s, had just turned 36, and you're kind of thinking, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I have a cough. That's what I thought I had. And the next thing I know, a doctor's telling me I have lymphoma. Um, and fortunately, it was a misdiagnosis. But once that happens, the world's never the same and you feel partially guilty because you got out of jail free uh, and you also just feel incredibly fortunate. And so there are a number of people, of course, who don't get that good fortune and a lot of them are young adults and people talk about pediatric cancer and oftentimes people are older with cancer and they pass away. But young adults, what that does, of course, not only to you physically, but also your family members, that's the thing that stood out to me most from my experience and then also financial element of it. And that's what Three Little Birds for Life is there for. So that's who we're working with on the Q&A with John Mazalock and Dan McLaughlin, presented by Bud Select on Monday, November 12th at eventbrite.com. And then we have the event uh, with the Blues and the Predators, and that is with portions of the proceeds going to uh, the Special Education Foundation, who Dan McLaughlin has been working with. And that goes back to when he started his golf tournament 14 years ago. Dude was in his 20s starting charity tournaments. How about that? God bless him. Uh, and so that's what portions of the proceeds from the, uh, the, the the penthouse suite will go to. Uh, Dan and I will be there hanging out, obviously. I think uh, my wife, Anna Marie, will be hanging out. And then this gentleman might be, but it's only because he would be in town and he would be able to do it, uh, both because of his job responsibilities and his, while he's in town with his family and our guest today. And I hope he can. And after you hear him on here, uh, I'm imagining you're you're going to hope to be able to meet him too. Um, his name is Young Pageviews from from Barstool. Now his real name is Ben Friedman, but I I I'm so impressed with this guy, and I don't think he's he realizes what he's got. Uh, and I say that with the utmost sincerity. Um, giving you the background on how this interview all came to 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 pass. Um, I don't even I, fir- I don't know how he first popped up on our radio show, the Ryan Kelly Morning After, as we're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Um, but John Seymour, our producer at the time, said, "Hey, there's this guy from St. Louis who works uh, at Barstool, and, um, and I think the Landoffs, a sponsor of the podcast at uh, Highway 270 in Washington, Elizabeth, um, know him, and uh, and so you want to get him on? I said, sure, whatever. I mean, you know, I mean Barstool, I just have the utmost admiration for what they have built. How can you not, uh, even if you're like, oh, I find the content to be inappropriate or whatever. Okay, it's fine, but it's built a, it's built an empire and incredibly loyal following uh, and some incredibly amusing content. So I said, yeah, let's have him on, on the radio show. And I didn't know who he was. I just knew he's from St. Louis. And then he comes on, I'm like, this dude is so good. And I thought to myself, honestly, as somebody who had been operating radio stations at times over the last eight years, 
I'm like, how did I not know about this guy? How did I let him get out of my uh, grasps? Because I would have loved to have hired him because I could just tell he's sick, talented. So we had communicated, and I wanted to get him on the podcast. And, you know, he lives in New York City, works at Barstool. And he texted me. He's on the runway at LaGuardia heading to St. Louis on a Friday night. And he said, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. Uh, if you want to get together, it'd be cool to get together. I said, yeah, let's see if we can make it work. Uh, well, we had the watch party for that, oh, just Jim Dandy of a game with Missouri and Kentucky. So Saturday didn't work. Um, and uh, I, I texted him. I said, would Sunday work? And he said, yeah, I can push my flight back to do the interview. So then now I got to ask Gangster Pete to come in on a Sunday. And I got to ask Nick Yell to come in on a Sunday. He's the videographer, Pete, the producer. And I'm like, fuck, I hate doing that to people. But sometimes you got to do it. They were, compl- they were completely cool. And they're like, who are you interviewing? And I said, Young Page Views. And they're like, oh, I love Young Page Views. I go, really? Look at you, fanboys. I had no idea. They were so excited about coming in on a Friday, or a Sunday, excuse me, not a Friday, to interview Young Page Views. And I'm like, I had no idea. I walked in. I see them in the studio. They're already waiting here. And I go, I'm sorry about having you come in on a Sunday. And they're like, no, can't wait to meet him. But I also realize a number of people listening right now are like, I don't know who he is. I'm familiar with Barstool, but I don't know who he is. And then I know there are a number of people who are not familiar with me in any capacity, but they're familiar, of course, with Young Page who's in Barstool, and they want to hear him. So, you know, we got a couple of new audiences here, either new audiences for Young Page Views or new audiences for this podcast. Welcome aboard. But I love doing long-form interviews. And I think, God, I don't know what the longest one is at this point. We've gone long with some politicians. Uh, we've gone long with the Cardinal general manager. We've gone long with or the Cardinal president of baseball operations. We've gone long with Mike Matheny, the former Cardinal manager, long with Gary Pinkle. Uh, I mean, we've had U.S. senators. I mean, we've had we've news anchors, personalities, whatever. But I used to go, okay, was that a new record when we went like an hour and 45 Fuck that. We have the new record. And the new record was only stopped at two hours and 40 minutes because I had to piss. It got to a point where I had to piss and we had to stop the interview. Now I realized it's a podcast and I could have gone, hey, boys, I got to piss. I'll be back. But we'd already gone two hours and 40 minutes. And I'm like, I can't. We can't, I just can't. You got a flight and I got a one-year-old. So we got we to gotta pull the plug on the thing. But this guy, you know, I mean, I'm telling you. He's good, and uh, the people at Barstool uh, have a great one, and uh, they have a number of incredibly talented people. But uh, this guy is instant offense, and it's so good that for the first time in the Tim McKernan show history, we're going two parts. Uh, I think it was Gangster Pete here who said this was like a Joe Rogan podcast because he goes like two or three hours all the time. That's what it is. But we usually go about 90 minutes to max, hour and 50, I think is the long before this. Uh, but since we went nearly three hours, we're doing two parts. And I'd like to think after you hear part one, you're going to be like, fuck, yeah, I totally get it. I can't wait to hear part two. That's what the boys are like. That's for sure. So they said definitely two parts. So what do we have for you? You're going to go, oh, yeah, I want to hear about Barstool. I love Barstool. What's it like there? And you're going to hear all that. Um, we get into like the, uh, as he calls them, the hit pieces that Barstool seems to navigate once a month or so. And there certainly was a recent one. And he wanted to get into that because he heard us talking about him on the radio show, and he wanted to get my opinion on it. So we certainly talk about that. But what do we lead with? What do we lead with? Well, I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School. I didn't graduate. I didn't graduate. I have eight hours left, and I just don't know if I'm going to knock those out. 
But one of the things I, I learned while at the University of Missouri Journalism School was to never bury the lead. And so when you're sitting with young page views in the homeloanexpert.com studios and you have an opportunity to ask him anything, what do you ask first? The question has to be, what's the deal with your rapport with adult film star Lana Rhodes? That's how we start our conversation today here on the Tim McKernan Show. Our guest this week, Young Page Views of St. Louis, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at Evergreen STL. Even if you've never heard of the gentleman, settle in, I'm telling you. Kind of like I say about Mark Hanna, give him a phone call. You'll be happy that you did. Check him out online at evergreenstl.com. Or give him a call because I'm. I w- if I could, I would say here. I'll put you. I'll, I'll bet this that you're going to be happy. You give him a call at 314-889-0503 or online at evergreenstl.com to get your financials right to get you organized. A lot of people want to do that at the end of the year. People have young tykes like me. They start setting up a 529 for the state tax deduction. Do it with Mark Hanna, and I say do it because I'm so confident in it. Well, I am so confident in this one, and I know Gangster Pete and Nick would vouch for it as well, that you're going to want to settle in for this one. Even if you're like, yeah, I know who Mike Matheny is. I know who John Mazalek is. I know who Gary Pinkle is. I know who Keith Kachuk is. I don't know who Young Page Views is. You're going to know who Young Page Views is, and you're going to be happy that you listen to him. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for part one of my conversation with Young Page Views of Barstool Sports here from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the Tim McKernan Show. All right, we're going to lead with Lana Rhodes because I think that's where you got to go here. All right. So I have, and I was saying this, these, uh, well, not not Nick, the uh, wonderful videographer. Both these guys are huge fans of yours, by the way. I appreciate that. Because uh, it's a Sunday when we're recording this thing, and I texted them both last night, like at 10 o'clock, and I go, hey, Young Page Views is available to do an interview on Sunday morning. I feel fucking terrible about asking people to come in on a Sunday. And they're both like, can't wait, can't wait to meet them. I'm like, all right, great. So they're happy to be here. This isn't like some random interview that they're, so... Uh, yesterday, Pete's over. We're doing that watch party for the Missouri-Kentucky game. Wonderful, Tough. wonderful, wonderful festivity. And uh, and somehow, I guess the topic of Lisa Ann comes up. Do you, you're, I'm sure you're familiar. Come with on, it. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't, don't have These boys should have prepared a trivia to see who, who would fare better in the porn trivia we world. We may have to do that. <laughs> so Lisa Ann's on the show every Friday. Mm-hmm. And she's come in for events, and she'll occasionally DM me nothing creepy. I mean, it's, you know. Right. Nothing, but, uh now when I see a Lisa Ann video pop up, I can't watch it. You know what I mean? And so I and so we were talking about that yesterday, but I've known Caden Cross for like a decade and we're like friends. And uh, and so when I see an up and coming starlet who I don't think she knows about, I then like feed them to her and Manuel. The power couple of the San Fernando Valley. Yeah. Oh, that's the Plowhawks favorite. And then two months later, I'll be scouring the internet, and sure enough, Manuel's banging away on the girl that I found while scrolling along in St. Louis. And I, mean, I feel like a power broker. That's like Magic Johnson <laughs> assist right there. That guy's gotta give you a commission or something. So that's with crazy. Lana Rhodes, about I don't know what it was at this point, two or three years ago. Yeah. I'm scrolling along because I am the talent finder here in the Midwest. <laughs> And I say to Caden, I said, I got a new one for you. I mean, I had Christy Mack. I had August Ames. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, this is, I'm the scout. There needs to be a documentary. And I said, I got a new one for you, Lana Rhodes. And she goes, already had dinner with her. And I go, no way. Oh. She goes, she's going to be an absolute star. 
You, sir, you, we're starting with this. We're not even starting with your background. We're not starting with Barstool. We're starting with Lana Rhodes. You are the conduit to Lana Rhodes for all St. Louisans. Yeah, as we, that's like such a weird title to hold, but I guess, <laughs> I guess it is true. I mean, the same kind of thing happened. I was doing some scouting. And me, guys like me and you, we're, we're film guys. We're going to be in the film room making sure, like, nothing surprises us. You know what I mean? You don't want to be out on the field and see something you've never seen before. So I was doing some scouting. And the same thing. It's amazing what you said. That was literally my same thought process. I saw the video, and most of the time, if a chick's that hot, you're like, this is going to be some sort of softcore, like, fake thing where it's not, like, you know, a real scene or they're not. It's like a solo thing. I'm like, this chick's too hot, right? <laughs> right. Next thing you know, I watch the scene. I, I wish I knew the name of it. I don't know the names because I go on, uh, like, Thumbzilla. They don't have the real names of the things. It's just, like, you know, right. description or whatever. All right. That's all you need. And I watched this video. I swear to God, I was taken aback. It was like legitimately, it must be what it's like when they saw like Michael Jordan play the first time in like high school and they were like, oh no, we got something here. You know, like in the scouts, like he calls his buddy, he's like, you're not going to believe this. And his buddy's like, come on, man. I've seen like, you know, a million talents come through. And my intern last summer, I had an intern, I think it was his first day, right? God bless this kid. He was like 18 years old. And I came to work and I said, dude, like this, this actually might be messed up. He was 18. He's, he's a college kid. I feel like this is all right. I said, dude, you are not going to believe what I said, what I saw today on the internet. I saw the hottest porn star I've ever seen in my life. I didn't show him to be honest, but I did tell him, I was like, bro, I'm, I can't even think like it was his first day on the job as an intern. I was like, you got to find something to do for a little bit because I got to like figure out who this chick is. What's going on? So I looked it up. It says Lana Rhodes. I'm like, all right, I got to remember that name. I start Googling it. There's nothing on her. It was right at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't have a lot of stuff out. And I was like, it's a classic case too. It's too good to be true. I'm like, she did one video. This is foreign or something. Oh no. So I kept my eye on it. Right. And I had that video like on a tab for like probably three weeks. Just, you know, like you don't want to lose it because once you lose it, it's gone. Then next thing you know, I told him, I, I this was kind of like a lame thing. And I do have a girlfriend, so this was very hypothetical. But I told him, I was like, yo, like, this might be the girl of my dreams. Like, I'm going to marry this chick, whatever. Which is not the first thing you see when you see a girl having sex on camera on the internet. You maybe shouldn't think that, but that's okay. I was so taken, taken with her. Next thing you know, it goes a couple months later. And I was a huge appreciator, but in private. I didn't say a lot. You know, I wasn't really tweeting out, like, my favorite porn stars at this point. So my friend KFC, okay, his name's KFC Bart. I don't know. He does KFC Radio. Of course. And Fidelberg, another degenerate. Who Fidelberg's my boy. We got a lot of, and, and KFC and this guy named K Marco. We kind of have this little underground network. You know what I mean? It's kind of a little hush-hush thing. And when we see something like that, it's like, hey, dude, you got to check this out. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of carrier pigeon type stuff. We're not like out in front. <laughs> so next thing you know, I was sitting in the radio room. Because I got to film stool scenes all the time in the office, which is a drag because, not a drag, but I don't like having the the weight of, like, anything that happens. It's like, why be? Why don't you get that? It's hard to get 100 people in the office and never miss anything. So I always got to be roving around, whatever. And I got a guy that helps me with it now. But anyways, so I was in the radio room. The plus side of filming stool scenes is you get to be in situations I wouldn't be in if not, right? right. I've been in cabs with Dave and Big Cat and Erica talking about things that I wasn't supposed to hear, whatever, because you're in there in these situations. It's, it's very cool, like Pat McAfee, things behind the scenes that I would have never had a chance to do. So in this case, I was standing there, and Feidelberg's like, I don't think we can do it. Like, Kevin was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to have to scratch it. I was like, what are you guys talking about? You know, they're my friends. I'm like, I'm chiming in. It was there on a break of the radio. 
So what are you guys talking about? They're like, oh, we got this interview, this porn star. I don't know. We were talking about her on the podcast, but I don't think we can do it. I was like, who is it? You know, I was like trying to act. Who is it? Like, oh, this chick laying a rose. I, I swear to God, I almost <laughs> fell over. My knees are weak. I was like, what'd you just say? Because it was also one of those things. I didn't know they knew about her. Because there's so many podcasts at Barstool, so many things going on. Like, I don't listen to really any podcast. I listen to Spin Chicklets sometimes because I'm like a hockey fan, but... Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean you talked about her? First of all, I was kind of, like, shook. Like, hold up, man. Like, you guys like this chick? Because, like, they're way bigger than, you know, they could, like, cuck me in a heartbeat. I'm like, <laughs> don't start talking about her because then you're going to steal her from me. <laughs> so they said, yeah, we talked about her on the podcast. Asa Akira, who is a good friend. Of course. One of the nicest people, as you said, like, it's weird. You see people on the internet beforehand in certain positions, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Then you meet them. And, like, they're the nicest people in the world. And, and then you like, can't use it anymore. Never. Ever. Ever. I Kate literally, is like a sister to me now. Could never. She's like a buddy. Like, I know her daughter, you know? Like, and then, like, I'll text with Manuel and be like, hey, what's going on, man? It's a weird thing. And then he pops up on my laptop. I'm like, ah, I got to get away. I gotta it's get away. so weird. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. Like, I almost don't want to meet any more of them because it really <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. Your library is like, going to be the weirdest, dissipated. Yeah, like, my dog died about a month ago, rest peace. And Asa texted me, like, that night. And I was like... Fuck, man, like, crossing all these weird emotional, like, it's like, what's going on, man? I can't be like, now I'm on, like, Thumbzilla at, like, 3 a.m., and I see, like, Asa, and I think about my dog dying. Like, what the fuck, man? That's messed up. Sorry. Can I curse? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Right, it's I a wanna, free-for-all. I know. Fire I want to be, I know this is this I mean, is we're, we're 10 seconds away from discussing double penetration. That's I can right. already see it coming. That's a great point. <laughs> so, anyways, I told them, I said, I looked at him in the face. I said, Kevin, if you don't interview Land Rhodes... I don't think I'll ever speak to you again. I'm like, I don't know what Why you got going on. So Lana is, she's a big talent. So she she picks the rules, right? You know what I mean? It's like, if a guy's a big draft pick, he's like, I don't want to play here. He doesn't play there. She said, I want to do the interview at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. What? Because she had, a, uh, let's say, an appointment at Sapphire, a business meeting at Sapphire all night. There you go. And she, she wanted to come straight from the club to do the interview. She, you know, that's their schedule. Uh-huh. And Feinberg, love him to death, but... He's not a guy that's going to wake up 6 a.m. Saturday morning. <laughs> that's just not his M.O. KFC was like, it's going to be tough to explain to my wife and kids, hey, I'm going to go interview a porn star at 6 a.m. on Saturday. And I'm sitting there. I'm sleeping on a futon at the time in this rat's nest apartment. And I said, boys, I'm like, I think I got a man for the job. And they were like, they were like, yeah, why don't you do it? Like, th- like flippantly. And I was like, I'm like, Oh, I'll do it. I was like, oh. It was literally, I felt like like in those army briefings when they're like, we, we need like a SEAL team like to go in and rescue someone. And like someone's like, I'll do it. And I was like, all right, this is a mission. So they they text Asa, all this stuff. They're like, all right, it's going to be 6 a.m. Mind you, I don't wake up early ever. But I was like, this is fine. So I set it up. I'm deathly nervous, right? I never met any porn stars at all other than Asa, who, but she's like, I met her under the pretext of like someone I worked with. Right, right, right. When you meet them in a different setting, it's very weird. So we we set it up, all this stuff. And, like, I didn't think, no offense to Lana, but I was like, no chance this chick shows up. Like, yeah, no the flag factor is usually about 80% minimum. At 6 a.m. after yeah. a night. Like, and I didn't know yeah. any of her, like, habits. She actually, like, doesn't really drink, like, whatever. It's like, I thought, you know, this chick goes to the club, all this stuff. It's going to be no chance. But I'm like, I'll wake up. If not, I go back to bed. Not a big deal. So we, we set it up. It's Friday night. And I'm sitting there, and I had this guy, Devlin, who works for us, and this guy, tech guy, Andrew, who runs all the stuff. Because, like, we're, 
They said, we don't even give a fuck if you do the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I just want to meet her or whatever. But I was like, no, I'm going to interview her or whatever because I don't want to be that weird, you know? Right. Like, that's, that's weird. meet you. We're good. That's weird, you know? <laughs> so we go and we were like prepping. We're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, you know, I never really interviewed anyone. I'm trying to think. I interviewed a couple guys for Shark Week and that was it. Like, my next one was Landon Rose. I'm like, I don't know. What do you ask? Like, so... We go, and I remember it was, like, 11 at night. We're, like, playing. We're prepping. Like, it was, like, like some sort of, like, test or something, you know? It was, like, the weirdest thing. We're, like, all right, we're going to do this. They slept there because at the time, one of them was living in Brooklyn whatever. So they were, like, they were, they were like, we will not miss this. We're going to sleep at the office. I was, like, I got to go home and do some more research last minute. So I went back to my apartment. And it's also one of those weird things, you know, I'd been watching her videos for months. So then when you know you're going to meet them, like, it changes the scenario a little bit. You're like, ooh, like, you're kind of playing it out in your head a little different. You know what I mean? When you're watching them, like, so I did a lot of research that night. Went to bed probably 3 or 4. Couldn't sleep. Very nervous. Woke up 6 a.m. I'm like, I, you kind of hope they cancel. You know what I mean? It's like it's like when you have a big, like, speaking thing. You're like, I hope the teacher calls it off. So I walked to the office. I got Dunkin' Donuts. This is a nice gesture. I got, I got like a box. That's class, man. Well, I'm like, I don't know. What does she like? <laughs> like? So luckily, Asa came with her. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. And she's Look at so, Asa kind of serving as the agent. Bro, she's so nice and helpful. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a, a more down-to-earth person, as crazy as it is. So she was with her, and she texts me, and she's like, we're running a little late. I'm like, all right. Like, yeah, that's standard. No shit. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I get there, and like... Now I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm not just going to sit at my desk. You know what I mean? Like, our office is set up. The elevators are, like, right in front. My desk looks at him. It's 6 a.m. The lights are off. What am I going to be there? Like, I think, like, they know why I'm there. It's not like you can act cool. I'm like, hey, guys, I've just been waiting here since 6. I brought some donuts. Like, I was like, fuck. So I put my stuff down, and I went downstairs, and I acted like I wasn't there, right? So we can see where the elevators go up on the thing. It says, like, a little number. So I was waiting and waiting. Finally, she was like, oh, we're here. Where are you? I was like, oh, like, sorry. Like, I'm just getting there. So I come upstairs, and that way it was, like, a little easier because then I walked into it. So I walk in, and, like, it was so weird, man. It's, like, pitch black. It's 6 a.m. She's in, like, sweatpants and, like, a sweatshirt, and I'm like, it's just so mind-bending to see someone in real life like that. It's so weird. So Asa's so normal. So the second that, like, we start talking, Asa's like, Oh, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, what the fuck, oh, you're going to be mano y mano. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you can't leave right now. I'm sitting here by myself. And I love Lana, but she's not the biggest conversationalist. She's kind of a, she's quiet. So I had a chinchilla at the time. I still do. Shout out to Boris. And next thing you know, I was like, uh, do you want to see my chinchilla? And she was like, sure. Like, it's like we're just a pretty good like, impression, by the way. It's a pretty like, good impression. Yeah, we don't have a lot in common. Like, what am I, what else are we going to talk about? Like, she isn't, she doesn't know who, like, Aaron Rodgers is. Like, she doesn't watch sports, anything. So, She's like, a Chicago girl, is she not? Yeah. I so, so yeah. I mean, it's tough to carry a conversation. I'm like, so, like, this is where we do the rundown. She's like, yeah, I don't know any of this stuff. So, I'm like, anyways, here's my rat. Like, so I show her the chinchilla. She's just, like, petting it, and, like, I'm just sitting there, and like, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? You know, like, I'm just thinking to myself, what are you doing? You know, like, it's 6 a.m., this chick's just sitting here. So, and, like, the weird thing is, you've seen her in the most, you know, graphic way possible, and, like, I looked it up, you know, what's where is she from, whatever. I'm not going to be like, so, you're from the Chicago area? Like, that's, like, some serial killer shit. So I just was like, so, like, how was Sapphire? She's like, 
good, you know, like, and we just sat there. So we did the interview. <laughs> you whatever. did your best. You did your best. <laughs> it was like, it was fine though. It uh-huh. wasn't like weird, but it was just a little awkward. So we do the interview. Also, we went downstairs. This guy, Devlin, that was helping me, he was sleeping, and I was like, she's like, do you want me to wake him up? I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means, but I think it would make his day. She gets in. He was on this, like, beanbag. She, like, cuddles up with him. This dude, man, and this dude, Andrew, too, who, like, these guys were completely had no idea what's going on. They wake up. She's, like, snuggling with them. And the look on their faces, man, it was one of the most stunning things I've ever seen. They just, like... It's probably what seeing God is like, you know, when you're like asleep and you wake up to land roads, like literally touching you, like cuddling you. It was crazy. So they were like excited about that. I, was I would like, imagine so. I was like, it's like when these guys came in at 10, it was like, hey guys, thanks for coming in at six on a Saturday, but I feel like it's pretty even now. Like, you were just snuggling, cuddling. With land a lot road. of roads. They were like, no problem. Like anytime. So anyways, we do the interview. It was fun. And we took pictures afterwards. Asa. Great photographer. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it looks like we're like boyfriend, girlfriend. She's like, you know, Lana's taking pictures with their hands on me. And we tweet them out, whatever. I was like, I didn't know what the reception would be. People went crazy, right? And like, they're like, oh my God, you're dating Land Rhodes, all stuff. My girlfriend, she wasn't that happy with that. She's not a fan of, she's <laughs> fine with it. But she's not, you know, no one wants to see, like, if I saw comments of her with, like, that Manuel Manuel. Dude, being like, oh, you guys are so great together, <laughs> I would be living. So it's fair. <laughs> Anyways, we do the thing, and she started following me. She was so, like, she would respond on social media, all this stuff. So it started building up, and all of a sudden, we were kind of, like, friends somehow in the weirdest way. So then a couple weeks ago, actually, this was in about August, I get a DM from Landa Rose. I'm like, what the fuck's going on, right? She was, like, asked me about helping edit videos. So she's like, hey, how do you do this on, like, Premiere or whatever? And I was like, what is going on? Like, you're asking me, like, look at YouTube tutorials. Like, why is Lana Rhodes texting me about editing stuff? So it was crazy. Next thing you know, she's coming back to New York. My, Of course, everyone tags me whenever she's coming in town. So long story short, I, I don't even know why I told the whole interaction thing the first I time. I loved it. I but need more either of way, she... It became kind of a thing, right? So as you said, when you meet someone in real life, I'm not looking at them like sexually anymore. It's weird. It's very weird. Like, so everyone started making a thing. Oh, you're obsessed with Land Roads, all this stuff. And I was like, it's good for like business. As dumb as that is, like it's a brand. Like, look, we're talking about it right now. It's crazy. Like whenever I'd go on any podcast, anything, people are like, oh, tell me about Land Roads. So I was like, I would always talk about it more. It's good, right? But then people started thinking it's, like, weird, whatever. They're like, oh, you're obsessed. Like, this guy's obsessed with Land Rhodes. You jack off. I'm like, no, you won't believe this, but I don't whack it to Land Rhodes ever. And, like, no one will believe me on that. But I'm like, you know, you can't. It's a weird thing. But they're it's like true. My, they're like buddies now, yes. you know? And, and I can't think. It's just so weird. I don't yeah. know. Anyways, so then one time, and this is like, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I'm so stupid. But my sister came to the office. And she doesn't, I don't think she looks like her, but people are like, oh, is that Lana Rhodes? Then they're like, oh, you want to Your sister looks like Lana Rhodes. No, I don't think she does, but someone said that. And then they're like, oh, Dave was like on the rundown. Oh, your sister looks like your favorite porn star. So then they're like saying that. And I'm like, well, hold up. This is not being taken out of context because I don't even whack it to her. She's my friend. It's good for business. She moves the needle. And now people are saying like, I'm in love with my sister. So it started taking weird turns, right? So it was like... I couldn't escape it at this point. So then every single time she would come up, I'd get a million people tagging me. 
oh, here's your girl Anna, and then a million people like, oh, here's your sister or whatever, and I was like, so that's like actually pissed me off. So I started getting mad. So then I would start blogging every Lana Rhodes story, right? So like when she lost her Instagram, crying, tearful video. We play that audio quite often. I mean, there's that's not even my favorite. I think when she got her dog stolen is the best thing. Don't you think? What about when she fell into the Tampa Bay? All right, that is... I actually so, How do you fall into the Tampa Bay? There's a lot of stuff. And the good news about working with Asa... It's like being with a like NFL like you player. Got inside. That, it's you like got inside you know the show ballers like when like, absolutely. It's like being getting the real story. She would tell us stuff of what really happened. I'm not. I don't have anything on that right there because I'm not trying to. <laughs> so you're saying she did business. not fall into Tampa Bay? It's not my business, but I think there was some <laughs> stuff going on. Exactly. I don't know. There's a lot of differing accounts, and I did. So this leads me to the second time, and I'm I'm telling the worst. Jumbled thing. Oh, I think this is the greatest thing but ever. It's so ADD. It's the best. It's the worst. I, I can't. <laughs> no, I literally perfect. can't it's think. Perfect. But it's, you just stop me if I'm being <laughs> no, too off is, track. This is outstanding. But anyway, we have inside on Lana Rhodes falling into Tampa Bay. So, what else can we ask no, for? so she hits me back up when she DM me, right? And I'm like, yeah, like uh, <laughs> get premiere. Like she's millions of dollars. I'm like, you can probably hire someone to edit these videos for you, Lana. But here's how you do it. Whatever. And I will say, I didn't. Offered to edit him for us. That was a big, like, yeah, that I was like, been, that that's been, Cuck yeah. Life 101. You're like, hey, like, can I edit it? Cut <laughs> Like, so you, like, you interacting with me, like, oh, let me, like, edit a video of you, you getting banged by another dude. you think she was reaching out to you for no, you to edit? No, you think she, she really wanted to learn? She actually was, like, okay. asking what programs, what this and that. But I was, like, gonna say, oh, why don't, but then I was like, come on, oh, man. Good have for you. Good for you. Good for you. Good that would have been bad. <laughs> and now by your reactions, I'm telling, yeah, that is good. You chose wisely, sir. But you know, your first thing's like, oh, let me just help out. And then I was like, don't do that. Like, imagine my girlfriend, she's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm editing for this girl who doesn't like me that's getting banged by another dude. I would, That's too much. I wouldn't do that. So anyways, so she's coming back to Sapphire and everyone's tagged me. So I DM'd her. I was like, hey, if you're in town again, feel free to come by the office, whatever. And another misconception about porn stars that I'm sure you know, when I talk to this chick, when I talk to any of them, I'm so, like, conservative the other side of, like, any bit flirtatious Oh, anything. yeah. People Hell think, yeah. like, oh, yeah. oh, you DM lit? No, Hell dude. Yeah. Legitimately, I'm more terrified of them than any girl alive Absolutely. because every dude tries to hit them up. Yeah. They've heard it all. Yeah. You can't do First off, I'm married. Secondly, she knows you have a girlfriend. Right. And then third... What Caden, Caden will sometimes tell me some of the things that are going on behind the scenes, and they're like the furthest thing from hot. And I'm like, oh, right. don't tell me that. It's ruining. She goes, I'm just telling you that's what's going on. You right. Know, we, she had an accident during an anal scene. I'm going, ah, I don't want to know. I don't right. want to know. I don't want to know. It ruins the whole thing yeah, for me. It's, it's legitimately like people, I just want that to be out there too because people like everyone. The only thing with talking to porn stars, dealing with them, making like content out of them, people love to look down on it somehow. Like they like yeah, it's funny it, it, as absolutely. fuck, but everyone's like, "Oh, you and the as if you and stuff. I are the only ones funding this billion dollar it's, industry." It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's people crazy. are repressed. People are repressed. I have friends that that's girlfriends told me one time. Well, like my, I'm not. I almost said his name. Oh, he doesn't watch porn. I don't let him. Whatever. I'm like, yeah. I got bad news because <laughs> he probably watches more than me. Yeah, because because he's not you talking said about that. it. Yeah, like. It's crazy, but anyways, so whatever. So people like to be like, oh, you damn or creepy. No, no, no. I'm terrified of, like, anything. So I'm, like, I'm literally, like, the Siri, like, automated message. Like, hi, yes, thank you. Like, I don't say anything. So she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm friends with Lynn. Like, you know, at this point, I'm like, she's like, yeah, of course. So she's like, oh, what time this day? I'm like, sure. 
So next thing you know, like, she's just coming by again. I'm like... She just comes by to see you. Like, you know when you meet someone famous and you're like, oh, I met them, but they don't really remember you. That's what I thought about her. And now she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm like, I think not only did she remember me, I think we're like friends now, all this stuff. So I've been blogging her all year, right? And I don't think she watches this, you know, podcast. So I don't really, whatever. I don't want everyone to be talking out of two sides of my mouth. But there was some satire to some of my blogs. <laughs> like, she's my friend. But when she did the, like, what kind of friend steals the dog tweets, I don't know. I, there was, I was making, it's funny. No offense. <laughs> but I was taking it dead serious. Sorry, for, the, for those who are not familiar with the tweets, the back is. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. What the back, we, we were aware of, well, I'm aware of. She lost an award, I think, in Tampa. Well, it had to be in Tampa. Yep. And this is this is when I was texting with Caden about it. And I go, Lana Rhodes like is like tweeting out shit saying that she wants to be clear that she didn't fall into Tampa Bay. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like she's issuing statements about falling into this large body of water. I go, what the fuck happened? She goes, you won't believe it. You know, and so there was that. Okay, so we have the falling into Tampa Bay. We, we often play the audio of her Instagram being deleted yep. and she wigs out. What is the thing about the dog stealing? So I'm sitting up at night and I followed her when she followed me, but then I unfollowed because, like, I unfollowed her when she didn't follow me because I was like, I don't want to be the guy that's just creeping on so all of these. You were following her and then she, she was following me? She followed me first. Oh. Unbelievably. See, I saw that picture and I know you have a girlfriend. Yeah. But I saw that picture. And I'm kind of like, I feel like Lana kind of digs young page views. But that's like it's stripper syndrome. Like, yeah, she's no, just you're being right. Nice. She knows how to play. The, she would do that with a guy who's right. sixty and three hundred fifty pounds. But I, no shit, I thought the same <laughs> thing. Like I look at that picture, I'm like, damn, yeah, she's kind of up on you in that picture. Yeah, like and also I would tweet stuff like something. I was like, oh, like my family's gonna love you at Thanksgiving, and she'd be like, haha, like oh, I'm vegan, so make sure. I was like, don't worry, like I'll get the like tofu, whatever. We were like, it was like. But once again, see now this is how men brain like man brains are so dumb. I could speak to you and say she's stripper syndrome, like faking it, and I still in my head I'm like, yeah, but she did say all that shit, and she did have her hand in my chest in that picture, and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, like literally, that's what I was thinking. So, anyways, she I started following her, and you never know. I mean, these porn stars, a lot of them, they'll say some wild shit sometimes. I'm not trying to disrespect, but they sometimes, like, Asa is very, like, on the other end of the spectrum where she's, like, the most normal person. Some of these girls will just blast off crazy stuff. And Asa has written a book that, like, was insanely successful. Yeah, she's so smart. She has, like, businesses and stuff. Yeah. Fucking, I need to get, like, I need to work for her. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. But so, so anything, she told me, she's like, all right, like, she, she started tweeting, right? Lana. Lana starts okay. tweeting, and she says, what kind of friend steals somebody's dog? And at first, I'm like... And, and this is just in... She's just asking this rhetorically to the, the world. It was about 11.35 at night, <laughs> and I just... I'm, like, sitting up. I'm like, I see this, and I'm like, damn, that's deep, Lana. Like, what kind of friend steals a dog? I mean, you tell me. That's probably a bad friend. That was my first answer. I was like, probably a, a bad one. You know, like, I was like, what's next? And then she starts going off. She's like... I, I told you that you could watch my dog. I bought food, and now you steal it? Like, all this stuff. So was stuff. she subtweeting? Is that what's going on? She was, yeah, she was going on a rampage. So, basically, the story was her friend, who she flew out, paid for all the stuff, introduced her to the industry, stole her dog. And that's something that, I got to be honest, I don't know anyone that's cool with that. <laughs> right, you can't steal somebody's dog. Right. That's a bad that, move. Yeah, that's like gangster. 
Out of all the things you could do to someone, right? You can't steal their dog. You can't steal their dog. And then she's holding it captive. So now is this a stag star who we would know? Oh, uh, I think she's a. I don't. I forgot the name, but Lana's is also big about. She's like, this was the biggest thing that happened to this girl. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like when Drake gets in a rap battle with some like little dude. That's like the best thing that happens. To Absolutely. Him. So this you don't girl, punch down. Right. So this girl was like. Loving it, I think. If I was there, I would have probably kept the dog. But anyway, so she starts going off. So I blogged it. I was like, what kind of friend steals it? Like, I was like, said, for the love of God, will somebody please give Land Rhodes her dog back, right? And you could say there was some satire to it. Land is my friend, and I do think she should get a dog back. But that's a fair question. I was like, all right. So people thought it was very funny because it's like, we started, I started blogging every porn star story as if it was like a dead serious, like, news event that was happening. Like, when she did the, <laughs> my friend, well, kind of my friend, Nate, you know, Barcel Nate, whatever. He blogged one about Lana Rhodes. She came back from injury to do double anal mandingo on the same day. I'm sure you're familiar yeah, with I that. I mean, that's a historic, that's, that's, that's the Jordan flu game of I the mean, stag industry. That is, I, tell me like that, that does not sound fun. So anyways, he blogged that, making fun of her. And I became, like, the Atlanta, like, PR person. So then when the Tampa Bay thing happened or didn't happen, whatever went on, I was like, did Barcelona drive the McDavid of Dick into a, like, downward spiral whatever? I'm like, he started. I'm like, we don't need this. This is, like, a talent that's just, you're wasting it. Like, why would you do that? So I came to her defense, and I tweeted at her. I was like, Lana, like, stay strong. And she was like, thank you, like, whatever. So I was like. All right, now I have to defend the wall, whatever. So every time this would happen, the dog, the Instagram, right. I'm like, give Lana Rhodes her Instagram account back. So people would kind of like love that. And also, page views wise, like those, it's crazy. Like you said, everyone acts like they don't yeah, do it. Yeah, they're horrified. Those blogs do so many numbers. Better than anything. Isn't it's it amazing? Crazy. Yes, there's a formula to it. It's people crazy. are interested in it. They just won't talk about it. Right. Like, but it was the no, like it was probably one of my it may be my highest page views blog ever. The Lana like Rose her, Tampa Bay? No, her doing the Instagram. Oh, the account. Instagram thing. Like somehow it's crazy. It's like, what does that say about my work? But anyway, <laughs> so whatever the case may be, she kind of became friends and she's like, Oh, you're like my mouthpiece, you know, like taking care of me in the media. And like not a lot of media, like I don't know if Barcel's media. But not a lot of places, like, cover porn star, like, fights. <laughs> so I think I may become, I was, like, the number one Land of Rhodes, like, news source of, like, nope, this is not what happened. Like, let me tell you, like, give her dog back, whatever. So when she came back, right, it was Thursday night. I had this guy in, because I run the whole outdoors thing, all the fishy stuff. I had this guy in, I don't want to say who it is, but he's, like, a high level. He, like, was the editor-in-chief of this, like, really big fishing magazine. He does all these TV shows. And he, like, came in for a meeting, whatever. Coolest guy. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, really sorry. I actually, I got to run right now. We have a uh, guest coming in, whatever. So he's like, oh, no worries, man. Like, you know, he's a nice guy. He's like, oh, who you got coming in? I'm like, oh, she's like an uh, actress, whatever, you know. And like, so we go down to the lobby. I'm like walking him in. She's like walking in like seven inch heels, like all this stuff. He looks at me. He's like, what the? Like, he's like thinking it's some random girl. And she's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, no. <laughs> so I introduced him. I was like, hey, Lana, like, this is my friend. You know, like, she probably doesn't even know, like, there's fishing magazines or whatever. So talk like the world's that have collided with that. It's crazy. So anyways, we go upstairs. We do the interview, which leads me to the next point. She told me, like, after all these things I covered, I went back through, like, thing by thing of all my blogs. I was like, tell me about this. 
It was as 60 minutes, like, sit down with a porn star as you'll ever get. Like, I have the info on Tampa Bay. Her side, she's never told. And she said, she's like, I've never spoken out about this, whatever. I'm like. About the allegation that she fell into Tampa Bay. There's a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say names, but Adriana Chechik, another pretty big that's star. That's who she was at war with, right? Allegedly, that's who was in this incident where I guess. You know, first of all, she made it very clear it was a shitty award show. So as Atlanta PR person, Atlanta's, you know, mouthpiece, right. it was a bad show. We didn't even care about it to begin with. So then I guess, you know, imagine this. You get a bunch of girls who are, like, already kind of um, mercurial talents. You well, know, I they're like not, that adjective, mercurial yeah, talents. They're not really, like, you know, bland people. I think that's fair to say. Uh -huh. You get them in a room. You start drinking. And then you have awards given out. Like, girls already hate each other sometimes, like, separately, just from, like, n getting in fights. Now you're going to be like, this girl's better than you, and it has to do with, like, kind of looks and, like, whatever. You can see how tempers my flair. So so Adriana won, right, and Lana lost. I believe so. Okay. I believe so. And, you know, they're kind of two, I would say they're kind of like KD and LeBron type thing where they're right, 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 similar right. talents. And next thing you know, I guess they were all in a van hypothetically. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. But from the Land Roads PR side, she was, um, I think she fell out of the van or was being dragged out and she was reaching back in to try not to fall. Accidentally scratched Adriana in the neck. She was more just like, I think she was talking or crying and it, it kind of came out the wrong way. People started trying to, conspiracy against her, try to make it look like she attacked her. Pretty down, dirty dog stuff. I don't like that. And next thing you know, all these girls are tweeting they got in a fight. She was trying to kill her, choke her. Good news, it wasn't. She was just, like, had her hand on her neck, and I guess there were scratch marks. So, I mean, big so, misunderstanding. Big misunderstanding. Tampa. So she was falling out of a van, and she reached back, and she got Adriana Chechik's neck, and that's where the scratch marks are coming from. So, you know, from my understanding, and listen, I got the interview I'm going to put out <laughs> soon. We were supposed to put out when it happened, but, like, we are doing it through KFC Radio, all this stuff, whatever. But it's coming out, and... I may have had those details wrong, but listen, Landon was not at fault. These girls are jealous. They're conniving. And I got to say, I stand with Landon on this one. Look and at I, you. You listen, are a loyal soldier. There was a lot of Tampa Bay allegations and <laughs> stuff about the actual body of water. I don't remember in the interview, but I don't think she said anything about that. So she does not deny that she fell into Tampa Bay. I honestly don't remember because when I was doing the interview, I wasn't going to be like, yeah, but what about this? <laughs> How do you explain falling doing, into the Tampa yeah, Bay? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I was, I was doing like You were a, focused on the details of falling PR. out of the van and grabbing on Adriana Chechik's neck. Well, you know, touch. I don't know if she grabbed. That sounds a little aggressive. I think it was an accident more of like a, hey, congrats on your award. Oh, whoops. I missed your hand. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but to me, that seems a lot more plausible than whatever the other people are saying. And it, it was like, if the Blues do like a PR piece, but like by the Blues, they're not going to be like skewering their, their own Absolutely. players. So in the interview, I was like, you know what? This I makes all sense in the world to me. Let's get to the dog, you know? Like, I'm not, I wasn't really doing prying questions. So maybe if like an Adrian Chechik PR person wants to interview her, they can ask those questions. But that's not my role. You know You're what I mean? You're a Rhodes guy. My role is... Let's let's get the story out there, the right story. How you know does your girlfriend saying? feel about your rapport with Lana Rhodes? Honestly, but, here. Honestly, she like let me say this too. I love Lana. She's a great person. Like, I wouldn't want to date Lana Rhodes. <laughs> no offense to her, but like I'm not. Some guys are comfortable with that. It's like in Entourage, like Vinny Chase. I don't care how hot my girlfriend is. I'm just not comfortable with her having sex with other dudes. Hot take alert. <laughs> but let me just tell you, <laughs> we do have a hot take. 
slow, slow me down if I'm getting too hot, but I'm not cool with that. So as much as everyone likes to act, my, I think my girlfriend knows I'm not, like, looking to get married to Lana so Rhodes. So if you're so, DMing with Lana Rhodes and you're sitting on the couch next to your girlfriend, she does not go on tilt about it. She, well, she more chirps me. Like, I was like, oh, shit, like, Lana Rhodes just DM me. She's like... I don't give a fuck, like, whatever, which is, like, fair. Like, it's a fair response. Right. Why would she care? I don't know. But honestly, as, like, corny as this sounds, like, I hate being like this, but it's, like, it's good for me. Like, every controversy or interaction I have, like, she moves the needle no matter what. So why would I, like, shut the fuck? Like, if people think I, like, want to date or whatever, it's, like, I don't, like, let that happen. You know? Like, it's right. good pub. Like, right. so it's hard for me because, like, I think my girlfriend understands like, when I did that KFC radio episode, you get, like, 2,000 followers in a day from me talking about interviewing this girl, which, in the end, benefits my girlfriend at some level. So, it's like, how can she be that mad about it? Now, if it's I start— It's all part of the business. It's part it's of the part business. It's part of the business. You I know. Agree with you. Absolutely, Like, man. think about actors, right? Like, if, if an actor had a girlfriend, he's trying to make it big, and then they're like, you got to be a love interest with someone on, like, a movie, and you're going to get your—like, you're going to get way bigger, you're going to get more roles, whatever— it's tough for them to be like, like hate that. Like you kind of just have to like not grow up, but it's like that's just part that's of the, the business. way it's got to be done. We're kind of all actors in the entertainment, like not entertainment, but like we're all just trying to like make funny things and get people's attention. So that's kind of all it is. I think she knows that. Yeah. Now, would she want to hang out with her? <laughs> Probably not. Is she like asking me updates for? Her? No, no, she doesn't she can care. Do without it. But she's cool. She, as long as like if I started. Like, really, like, flirting with her or something? Like, I think she'd be like, that's enough. That's enough of but that But that's shit. any girl. Right, 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 Like, right. think about what we're talking about here. Like, if I was DMing any, like, a different chick, she'd be even more mad. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a girl as part of your content. Right. Like, yeah. if I was DMing, like, some college chick, and, like, she would be nuts. <laughs> right. So, Understandably so. Fair enough. If Man, it, I, I, I can't, and I had no idea there was all this to it. I just was like, yeah, it seems like Lana put a nice picture out there of the two of you. It's crazy. Oh, my God. This went, like... Yeah, 30 I'm, chapters deep. I'm very bad at telling succinct stories. No, but I, I mean, I mean the, the detail is so vivid. Yeah. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the conversation with Young Page Views. If you're a uh, new listener to the podcast, welcome aboard. If you've been listening to all the interviews, pick six questions from the audience. Uh, now you know what we do, and, uh, and our, our sponsors make it possible. I can't get in a spot where I'm endorsing somebody who I don't believe in. Well, for the last year, I've believed in James Carlton, and in part because I had an emergency situation with one of the companies. Uh, cars for, for uh, Iggy that I had to work with James Carlton. But then when I worked with James Carlton, I go, man, there is a difference. I've been talking about it, but I've been working with somebody forever. And James was always like, don't switch. It'll be awkward if you switch. Don't do it seriously. And I said, okay, I'll respect that. If you don't want me to switch, then I'll respect it. But then it got to a point where I'm just like, I, I get my responsibility is to my family. You know, and I realize, James, it might be awkward in, in your world, but you you just do it too well, and I've got to switch to you. This is 100% true. And it ha you know what it's been awkward for? It's been awkward for me dealing with my former insurance agent. That's where it's been awkward. Uh, but I got to do it because James is that good. His name's James Carlton, Carlton State Farm, uh, and he is just so good at customer service and saving people money that I switched. It's just It's just true. And you're going, dude, you're talking about an insurance agent. Everybody has one. Nobody's going to make the switch. Stop. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Except I'm telling you I did it. And I will tell you why. Because I get things from State Farm all the time. So much so that it's like, oh, here's more shit from State Farm. I'm not interested in it. I tear it up and I throw it away. 
And then one time there was actually a bill in there that I didn't see. And then the next thing I know, like, they're like, yeah, your car is uninsured here for a day because you didn't pay. And I'm like, oh my God, well, that's the problem because there's no customer service. Well, with James, there is. And so that's not going to happen. He's lying at carltoninsurance.net. His number is 314-961-4800. Make the switch. At the very least, make the phone call and talk to him or talk to one of the seven members of his staff. How many people have seven people on their staff at an insurance agency? James does. You'll be happy that you did. His name's Car- uh, James Carlton of the Carlton Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. Well, thehomeloanexpert.com, Ryan Kelly is our studio sponsor. I've known Ryan for years. I really like Ryan. I really respect him. But here's the thing. Even if I didn't really know him, I know that he saves people money, and I know that his business is growing, and that doesn't happen if you don't know what you're doing. And when Ryan came in and told his story on the show, I came away with the opinion that, man, I just thought this guy was like a genius at marketing with a really likable personality. And then you sit there and you listen to him talk about the mortgage industry and you go, oh, this is why he's really successful. He has an incredible work ethic. He's committed to saving his customers money. And he knows more about this business than anybody I've ever sat with. He's the home loan expert. He's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. His name is Ryan Kelly, and he is the sponsor of the studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Now back to Young Page Views. So I got to ask, I've got to ask, I don't know. You're friends with the Landoff boys, right? Oh, I saw Harry uh, Friday. I was playing hockey at Brentwood. He was before. I, those are they're they're just sponsors happy. of this podcast. Yeah, they're just happy, good people. I've never really love seen the them. Landoffs. Yeah, like, love the Landoffs. We played in high school together, and like so, we had, you, so you went to Whitfield, am I yeah. correct? All right, and then where'd you go to college? I went to Lawrence University in Wisconsin. It's like a small D three school, tiny for like, hockey purposes. Yeah, so my parents, my dad, uh, like they they wanted me to go to college straight away. So like, like as a non-hockey college. So so in hockey, as you know, or some people probably know, like juniors, you know, you like go play after high school. You can get a better deal, D one or whatever. If you're really good, you don't like you can go play juniors good? in high school. You had to be good if you're playing in college and yeah, capacity. I, I you know I, I had a I was a good player, whatever. I'm not anything you say. People are gonna be like, no, you suck. And if you say <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. Suck, yeah, you can't win. You're right. Whatever. You're right. You're right. I love point. playing hockey. Sometimes I'm better than others. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I have to say. But I was like, all right. My dreams to play in the NHL, as is anyone, I didn't make it. So just in case, <laughs> if you guys missed that part, I'm not in it. But the dream's still alive. You never know. The Blues, yeah, call me up. Absolutely. They might listen to the show. So anyways, I will play for free. So anyways, they were like, all right, I got an offer from D3 schools. You know, I was kind of looking at a few of them, and one was like, you can play here. My parents were like, go straight to college. Don't go to juniors, whatever. I could have tooled around and, like, was I good enough to play D1? In some world, say I go to juniors, have a huge year, maybe have another. Under the right circumstances, you never know. You know what I mean? It's like, right. or I could have gone, gotten scratched, gotten hurt, and never played anything. So yeah. it's like, it, it's just tough. So I went to Lawrence, and it was a tiny school. The hockey, like, was, we were good, but we're not, like, we went national championship type of thing. But it, it was one of those things that ended up being a blessing in disguise because you never know where you're going to end up. And going to college, like, at 18 ended up being huge for me compared to some of my friends went, you know, you go play juniors, you go to college with a 21-year-old. Yeah. That's a different experience. Sure it is. Like, my my perspective on the world at 18, I was so, like, wide-eyed and so excited that college was the most fun thing in the world to me because everything was exciting. Like, I was playing with guys that were 25, you know, seniors that had played four or three years of juniors. I'm with all these guys. They're like my big brothers. I ended up learning so much stuff. So it wasn't the most glamorous thing. I didn't put up big numbers. You know, when you're 18, playing against 25-year-olds, if you're really good, maybe, but, like, I didn't put up big numbers, whatever. 
But it ended up being one of the most fun things of all time. Weirdly. Like, yeah. I can't point to you and be like, it's the best school because of this, because it's not. No offense to Lawrence. It's not the biggest school. It's not the biggest party, whatever. But I had fun. I'm grateful for it. So, so I you went know. there four years and graduated? Yeah. Whole deal? Yeah. Right. So, so then what did you do? You come back to St. Louis? So after that, and in college, I'm the biggest person that's like, I'm not going to say didn't believe in the real world, but like I was in denial. That's the word I was looking for the whole time. First of all, when I'm in high school, I'm like, bro, I'm going to go to the NHL. Like, what <laughs> So what do you mean? Like, I never was going to have a job in my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, maybe if I don't make the NHL, I'll have to play in like Europe or something. That would suck or the <laughs> AHL. But like, come on, you know? So then as soon as you get to college and you can scratch and you're like sitting in the stands and you're like, Damn, dude, I might not make the NHL. <laughs> it's like, and you're like, no, I'm a big, big junior year. Big si-. Nope. And then all of a sudden you start like, it's like, oh, shit. So my freshman year, I get to college. And this was right when uh, Mac Miller, Sam Adams, all them white rappers started coming out. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is going to be easier than I thought. I don't even got to make the NHL. I'm just going to be famous white rapper. <laughs> so I started, I started making music, right? And it's so fun. I, I still love, like, music is so much fun. Imagine you just get a beat like I download off YouTube, write a bunch of lines about how I'm the coolest and the best, all this stuff. And, like, if you listen to some of them, I was talking about, like, driving, like, a Ferrari. Like, what was I talking about? <laughs> what is the thing when you don't have, like, why in, in rap is it, like, I'm sitting there, I'd be 18 years old sitting in Appleton, Wisconsin, like, I'm pulling up in the Hummer, like, whatever. It's like, what are you talking about? I just, it's so fascinating. And, like, Real rappers do it. Like, people talk about stuff they don't have. It's crazy. So, I'm popping ace of spades. It's like, what? So, anyways, that's just a little, like, it's just hard to, like, comprehend when you look back. So, anyways, I started making music. And in college, it was a tiny school, all this stuff. I kind of had the syndrome of, like, no one ever told me, like, hey, dude, you suck. Like, some people did. But when you're so sheltered in a, a small school. Suck as a musician? Anything. Okay. Like, high school, like, even Whitfield's, like, great place. I have fun, but it's not as much of, like, like, Parkway Central I went to before that. There's, what, like, 2,000 kids? You're, like, an ant in the maze. Whereas Whitfield, like, you have enough space to be your own personal stuff. So I was, like, in my head, I'm, like, I was Sidney Crosby. Now I'm going to be, like, Mac Miller. And next thing, it's, like, I never had a time where someone was, like, like, for instance, we go on these, uh, a few things for Barstool. Like, we had this tour last year. I go to these big state schools. Penn State, we went to Alabama a few weekends ago. You really know who you are when you're there. You're like, I am nobody. Like, there's 100,000 people. You're a pissant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you realize that. When I'm never in that scenario, I thought I was the man, right? Which is a blessing in disguise because, like, I had no self-awareness, but right. I thought I was all That's great, though. That's a huge now, thing to do this Now, since I figured shit. it out, it's way more depressing. <laughs> yeah, Damn. yeah. I suck at this. I'm not that good at hockey. It's like, fuck. So it was kind of good. So I started rapping. I started making music. So then I was like, dude, the NHL's for the birds. Like, you get to practice, do all this stuff. I'm just going to be a famous rapper and then, like, tour around. It's going to be easy money. So I made my first song. I made a music video. It's on YouTube. You can find it. I'm not going to put it out because it ain't, ain't the greatest thing. But it's called Catch Me If You Can. And I was rapping. I was down under the arch, all this stuff. You're, you're, mean, you're, going, you're going Nelly. Bro, it was, I mean, anyways, and it wasn't like, so I had made some songs that were like party songs that were like kids could play. And that's like, that's one thing. This was like a, like, I'm hard, like, check me out, look how tough I am type thing. It's just a tough bounce. When you look back your life, 
you can't you can't know what you were gonna do back then. That's a tough bounce when you look back and it's like, hey man, I tried it. So I put this song out. Everyone at school, a lot of people making fun of me. Which in retrospect, bro, I would have been making fun of me so much. So when they're making fun of you, are you like? the fuck's wrong with these people or are you no, like, I'm like this is realization dude, this is this is fucked up uh welcome to the rap game those are the haters dude <laughs> only people that don't like your music are just the haters they're trying to keep you down because you're because you're getting so big that's what i was thinking i'm like where were you getting big uh not a lot in my head maybe i don't know but i mean i'm like dude i'm like man people hate mac miller people hate drake i'm like look at this people make fun of drake of course they're gonna make fun of me but then it was like no, they're just making fun of you because, like, you suck. But, like, it, you know what I mean? So then I started making more music, more music, whatever. So that was, like, my thing for college. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to have to worry about after this. Like, I may not even finish college. Like, I remember distinctly in my brain being like, fuck, man, this is so fun. Like, if I don't come back for my junior year, like, like you know, like, I'm like, I'm going to have to be on tour. I'm not going to be able to go to college. Like, bless my heart, I like, dead serious, there was thoughts, like, Maybe I'll finish it later in life, like a back-to-school Ronnie Dangerfield thing, whatever. I'm like, so whatever. So I'm getting to the end of college, whatever. Rap game, not treating me nicely. Putting out music videos that take six months on them. They get 500 views, 700 views. It's like, fuck, you know, like, what's going on? It's like, any one of these is going to be the one. You know, it's like whack-a-mole. You're like, I'm going to get it. So anyways, next thing you know, I did graduate, which was just, a day I had not prepared for. Tough, you know? You're, like, standing there in the robe, and you're like, shit, I did not think I was going to have to do this, and now I got nothing. So I come home, and I told my parents, I'm like, listen, I just need six months to focus on music, as if, like, in college I did anything but sit in the studio. <laughs> like, that's all I did. Like, so that my dad was like, okay, like, you can do it. And I, I, I cried. I remember I was in the studio because I called him before I left because, of course, I stayed at school, like, two weeks extra to, like, finish my mixtape and, like, whatever. So I was crying. I was like, thank God my parents recognized my dream. So I get back from college, and it was maybe a week before my parents are like, get a fucking job. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'd wake up at, like, noon, and I'd be like, sorry. Sorry, guys. I was writing lyrics late last night or whatever. And then I'd, like, go to the park, and then I'd do whatever, and, like, it legitimately, I, it was like an hourglass. Like, they said six months to work on music. Like, they would help me, whatever. And it was the shortest thing of all time, which I can't blame them. Part of me, it's like you guys went back on the deal, but it's also like when you're like a parent and you see your son, you just pay for like like college. They're like, hey, man, we'll do you this solid. Like, we'll send you to college. He comes back. He's like, hey, guys, you guys keep the noise down at like 1130. Like, they're cutting the grass. I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> I actually got a big studio session tonight, so uh, you guys keep it down. I could see, and I was going on float trips and stuff. Like it wasn't like I was like locked away. Like I was like, I was literally like going on float trips. I was like out with my friends, and I was like, so understandably. So I went. I interviewed in a million places. Right, this was 2014, and I was like, I did not want to go get a job in like a you know sit in the office, all this stuff. It was like the most terrifying thing to me. Because at that point, I thought I was, like, admitting that I wasn't going to make... Like, a lot of the stuff, as funny as it is, when people play juniors for a long time, or even, like, when I was in D3, whatever, the dream is alive. They call it the dream in hockey. It's the same thing with, like, music. I was like, the dream is dead if I, like, give up on that and go yeah. do something else, which I do know isn't true. Plenty of people work jobs. Almost everyone who's famous was working jobs while they did it. But I was like, I can't do that. But I had to, like, get something. So 
my dad's a big, they have like customer service. He's done his whole life. My grandparents, everything. It's like a family thing. It's like in my bones. So I'm like, all right, I went on monster.com or whatever. Indeed. Or what's the thing? Um, I don't know. Whatever. One of those job sites. Job sites, right, right? Customer service. So I go and I start interviewing. I had, and finally my parents, I had to go to my grandparents' house to go do it. Cause my parents were going to kill me. Right. I was like, <laughs> I literally was hiding and I got like 15 interviews. Right. This was maybe September, October, whatever. And I had it lined up. I was so proud. I was like, hey, get off my back. You know, like, look at this. I'm doing my thing. I show up to these interviews. And, you know, as you can tell, like, casting call stuff on Monster.com is not going to be the most glorious thing when you get in. So I show up. There's, like, 25 people in the waiting rooms. They, You'd go in. They're like, uh, who are you? Whatever. Like, I'd, like, plead my – they'd ask you questions. Like, I was trying to do the right thing. And it was one of the most sobering days of my life because these jobs, like, they were like, and they wouldn't even call me back, no, anything. And I'm like, it was really, like, depressing because you kind of always have yourself in this elevated light. Everyone kind of is the star of their own movie, I feel like. No one's like, I'm just a bum. And these were, like, bum things. Like, not that any of that's wrong, but they just treated me like an idiot, which is, I was, like, fair enough. <laughs> but, like, I went to all these places and they were, like, in dingy office buildings, like, in the middle of, like, nowhere, like... It was like renting suites out of a whole thing, and they, I couldn't even get a job there. And I was like, "Oh man, like this is messed up." So then I actually had an interview with Riverfront Times, who was like obviously a pretty big. What would you say, top three paper in oh, yeah, St. Louis? Absolutely. Top two? Yeah. I mean, it was like a reputable. I was like, "Oh man." What are you gonna be doing? Like selling or what? I so, in my mind, like once again, I was always too scared to officially be like, "I want to write," or "I want to be the guy who's like, you're selling." So I was like gonna do ad sales for them, right? And I went through all the interview process, and they actually were like, do you want to, like, do you want to work here? It was like I had an offer. And it was more money than I'd, like, not a lot, but I was living at home for $0. So I was like, I'm going to be rich, whatever. And I was trying to talk myself into it, all this stuff. It, they're in the loop, I'm pretty sure, yeah, right? Yeah. And I, I lived pretty far from there at the time. And they're like, you got to be here at 7, whatever. And, you know, I'm, like I said, sleeping till noon, like, writing <laughs> raps all night. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, that seems really hard. And everyone was so proud of me. My grandparents, everyone had done ads. You know, they. it's not like an uncommon thing. A lot of people have done it. And I was like, my my girlfriend told her parents. They're like, finally, Ben has a job. Good job, all <laughs> stuff. And then eventually I just was like, I couldn't do it. You know, I was like, I cannot do it because I don't know what it was, but it's like one of those miracle things that like, and like, that is a good job. Like, I, I probably should have taken it, all things considered. But I just felt so weird. I'm like, I cannot. Because, like, I would have had no time to do anything else. This was a real, like, big boy job, right? Yeah. And I went back on the unemployment, you know, aka unemployment. And I said no. And everyone's like, you are such an idiot. What are you doing? Like, you can't you can't be unemployed and say no to a job. Like, it's crazy. So I ended up working for a guy my dad has. So they make, like, customer service training videos, right? His, which I've started, and people dig them up all the time. Not that I was like a caller on thing, but like I've been in them. People like tweet them to me. I'm like, they're like, this guy looks like you. I'm like, nope, I was a customer service training actor. So he had done a shoot with one of these directors down uh, off Grand, like I told yeah. you earlier. And I was like, I'm just going to be a PA, whatever. I can learn about shooting videos, whatever. Because my whole thing was like, I'm just going to shoot my music videos. So anything that I do is just like until that blows up. So I started working as that. I was basically a PA. I made no money, like very little. They did pay me, but I was like chump change, whatever. But I was living at home, whatever. And I just learned about how to make videos. How could I make 
music videos, what's the lighting, what cameras, what, how do you edit, all this stuff. And I was like fascinated. Every single day, I'd go home and shoot my own videos. I'd shoot them on the weekends. My girlfriend, this is why when the Atlanta stuff she understands, my girlfriend filmed my music videos. My mom <laughs> would film my music videos. You want to talk about a sobering moment in your life. You got to be a rapper talking about all these cars I don't have and how much swag I have and how many girls I get. And you're mouthing the lyrics and your mom's behind the camera. I swear to God, you cannot have a more serious moment in your life than when you look. And she doesn't want to be there. It's my fucking mom. She's like, if I don't help them, nobody will. And she's standing there filming, literally holding. I'd be like, mom, I'd like position her arms. I'm like, this is the shot. You know, I'm trying to line it up. And then I'd go dance around. Think about this scene. I actually, like, it kills me that I don't have someone else filming that. If I had the video of someone, and we'd be in, like, public, you try to go to cool places to look cool as a rapper, and my mom is filming me, it was so, it was the gutter, dude, it's bad. As far as trying to be cool, it's bad. And then I'd go home, she's like, how's my, how's my shooting? I'm like, like, then you're trying to be a cool, like, I'm a cool rapper, and I'm like, mom, stop, like, asking me about this, like, you're gonna make it not cool, I'm like, and like you know i'm blowing up it was so bad oh man so anyways so credit like i was getting not a lot of views or whatever but in my mind i was good at like engineering what would get views or what like uh the ideas right like i studied music industry everything every rap every music person that came out of my it was kind of like a business you know you like look at the market what's working what what's not there whatever and then like little dicky came out too you know who that is like the this guy's little dicky. He's literally everything I was trying to do. <laughs> it was like I, I told someone the other day. It was like you were in like your this like hut, like making a bomb, like the Unabomber, like fusing. You're like learning how to do all these manuals, and then you look on the news and you're like you see it blow up, and you're like, oh man, this dude built my bomb. And blew, like I'm in here in this hut in the woods, like, and I'm telling you, dude, no one cared. But like I'm, I cannot tell you. I don't know if my sister watched some of my music videos. Like I would be like, hey, check this out. She's like, uh, I'm like at something right now. Like, Fuck, man. Like no one cares. So I see this guy doing it. Little Dicky, all these people, and I'm like, oh, like this. I was mad, and this is the best part. I'm so mad at this guy, and my dad knew. My dad looked at me, he's like, <laughs> like little Dicky, man. Yeah, yeah. That's the best part. Tim, literally, my dad be emailing me stuff like, look how good this video is, and I'm like, I know how good it is. That's what I'm trying to do. I just suck, like, fuck. So all this stuff's happening. People are blowing up. And I'm like, hey, man. And I would look up stuff like, hey, man, like, uh, 2 chains is like 38. He didn't blow up until he was 32. I'm like, it could happen. You know, I got plenty of time. So anyway, which is always a good thing to think when you're trying to do something. Like, oh, I got six, seven years to make this happen. So no rush. So anyways, I was always trying to, like, think about what would work, what would work. Because to me, it is kind of a binary thing, somewhat. I know some people, like, do, and this is business. This is anything. This is radio. You know, but to me, it's somewhat of a binary, at least in this day and age. A lot of times, music-wise, you need some sort of, like, viral or big moment. Most people, I would say, they mm. go big or, like, look at, like, sports. It's very tough if, if you play in the AHL for, like, seven years. It's tough to be a regular NHL player. People pencil stuff in all the time. Yeah. So, I was like, the fact that I'm at zero right now doesn't matter because as soon as the switch flips, whatever. So, 
I kept making them. And meanwhile, I would I started reading Barstool in 2009. My dad used to try to tell me about it, 2008, 2009. Your dad was telling you about it? My dad had a friend, I believe, that was from Boston or something that told him. He would show me this guy, El Presidente, all this stuff. I was like, Dad, what is this shit? You know, your dad shows you something. You're, I'm like, it was, and also Barstool with, like, the girls, smoke shows, whatever. All right. It was weird that my dad was like, like he would send me an article and I'd see like these hot chicks. And I was like, I'm like, dad, dude, I don't like this shit. Like, stop sending me these weird hot girl website. Like, I don't want you to be sending me this. You know what I mean? I'm like 17 years old. Like, stop. It's weird. So I've been reading it every day. Like, I'm telling you, obsessed. Because it's, and this is not anything but the truth. Barcel was literally like what I learned humor on, like, kind of like, all my friends, like hockey guys, like everything that we were, Dave and all them, like Barcel was like better than what we were, if, if that makes sense. Like what, all how my, me and my friends talked, like the lingo, the way we thought about stuff, he did it to like the better degree. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was obsessed with it. And and at some point- When did you become obsessed? Okay, so 2010 was okay, when okay, so right. my dad started telling me a few years, I, I would, I want to go back to my old email and find it. I've tried, but it's like, I don't know the login, all this stuff. He would send me articles like 2008, 2009. So 2010 was when I started reading every day when I was going to college, right? Because I kind of wanted to be cool. And for some for some reason, that's when it stuck, right? And I have shirts from those like, like Barstool shirts from 2009. So like, this is all true. So I would read every day. And that was back when, now we have a million blogs a day, right? Mm-hmm. Dave would write every day. There'd be like eight blogs, you know, 10 blogs. And it was, you read every single blog. Like if he wrote like three paragraphs, now it's like the only, not must watch, but like we know there's certain stories that people just, if you don't care about it, you're not going to click on it. This was in the time, like, what did KFC say about this? You know, like you wanted to get the take of like, and that is like still true for certain people. Like if Dave Big Cat KFC blog, you want to see what they say. But if I'm writing about like, you know, an antelope falling down a mountain, <laughs> most people probably just watch the video and click on right. But that's the nature of the internet. Now right. it's more of like a views, big number game. So anyways, I'd read every single thing. I was obsessed with it. Went to college. I have a lot of time sitting in class at night, everything. I read every single thing. So I started becoming like, not a professor, but like I knew every storyline, every video, like almost to the point where now I know these guys, I have to act like I didn't because it's a little much. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like Big Cat will chirp me and it's hard for me to like make fun of him back because he knows that I studied his entire life for like five years. So it's tough. So anyways, during this time, we're back to, sorry, we're back to 2015 now. I've been reading Barcel nonstop, right? Twitter, everything. Like, every tweet Big Cat and them made, I read every single one. So I was like, I knew them more than they knew themselves, like, in a weird way. Because when you're in the position, as you know, like, when you did that live stream yesterday, right? right, right. You probably don't even remember what you said because you're living it. Yeah. When you're watching it, I can quantify, like, here's what you did, right? So I know what they did. I was, like, studying them. So as we get to this time, right? I'm back, I'm making music videos, and I worked for a year, 2015, at that production company, right? And I was getting guys caught, like, so I'm seeing these people do the acting, and I just wanted to be in front of the camera, all this stuff, but I'm terrified because it's like, not terrified because I wasn't ready for it. You don't want someone to be like, you're not good, or like, oh, you're a, you're a behind-the-camera guy, you're this. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck, man, but like, in my head, every shoot, we did shoots every week. And they, you'd have these actors, which, no offense, not bums, but, like, you know, local commercial actors on the low end aren't, aren't always, like, the greatest actors. And I'm sitting there getting them coffee and, like, you know, helping them, like, whatever, like, picking up their trash. And I was like, fuck, like, I need to, like, be these people or bigger, you know? I'm like, 
it was so frustrating because in my mind, I always wanted to just like make stuff and have people care what you say, right? So I would make my music videos ever, but it was always kind of like behind the scenes. Like I wasn't like going out. One thing that I think I was bad at is putting my stuff out there. Like you see certain artists, they're like, look at this. They're out on the street. They're handing out stuff. I was kind of like mysterious, but not because it was like cool mysterious. It was like I was afraid to put it out to anywhere that wouldn't like it. So I'd show it to my family, friends, whatever. And that's the only people that had ever heard of what I did. So it's tough. I wasn't growing, whatever. So then 2016 comes around. It was kind of like a year internship, kind of. So it wasn't like a full-time employment. Right. So we get to, it was supposed to be done in December. And I just didn't say anything. I just kept working there till like March. And like, finally, they were like, hey, uh, can we have a meeting with you? Whatever. And th- this lady, I talked to her. I texted her. She's the nicest lady of all time. She's like, so Ben, um, we said a year and it's now March. So I think a uh, couple weeks, I think will be your last day, whatever. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, I can, no, not in a bad way, but like it was a year thing. It was, a, you know, she was like, if you want to keep doing, like, it was fine. It was totally like part of the thing. It was basically like, it's like the end of a summer internship. Right. I was basically staying until fall. And right. like, okay. Like, because I just had nothing else. Right. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I was like, fuck, man. Like now I'm really, you know, I'm back in the same spot. So, but at this point, I've worked for a year. Like, my parents, family, they know I'm not a complete bum. Like, at least I've had a job. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So, I started, I had, a, at, at the place I was working, we had a drone, right? So, I started messing with it, whatever, and I was like, I had a friend that was doing it. I'd seen people online, whatever. I'm like, you can do drone videos for money. Like, aerial of houses, real estate. Now, it's pretty common. At the time, 15, 2016, it's just coming out. So, I bought with, like, all of my money. And, like, the good news was I wasn't getting paid a lot, but when you live at home, like, I'd eat my mom, like, I'd eat eggs for breakfast my mom bought from the grocery store. I'd eat the dinner and my parents, like, they'd get me something. I was pocketing, like, 95% of my pay, which was now that I live in New York, make sure to myself to even hear that. So next thing you know, I bought a drone. And my, my buddy Nate, who's, like, very entrepreneurial hustle, he's like, dude, just do it. Just, like, commit to it, make a website, start doing free videos. And I was like, all right, I'm all fired up, right? Start doing drone videos. I'd film them, and I would film every day. Like, I was the best drone pilot, not, like, to be cocky, but I took pride in it. I would film three batteries, morning, night. I could zip it in and out of the studio, whatever. But, as you know, being an entrepreneur, most of that is not learning how to fly the drone. It's getting clients. You can be the best drone guy. Absolutely. Those people, most of those real estate agents, the only ones that really cared about it enough already had people that were, like, open to the idea. And the people who didn't are like, I've been selling a house like this for 30 years. I take a picture. People come. I don't need your stupid drone video. And my friend that uh, I went to college with, too, this kid was making, like, they would go down to Miami, do these, like, $10 million houses. I think he was making, like, two or three grand a video. And they would go down do it for a week, like, five houses a day, whatever. You can add up. He was paying his tuition in cash. So I'm Fuck. like, I'm like, dude, this is it. And it's a, you know, you're, you're not working for anyone. You're, so I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I still didn't have to face the music of, like, sitting at a desk doing whatever. So a couple months into the drone business, I had about zero sales, which is tough. Always tough when you're making zero sales <laughs> as your own boss. So I would go on the internet, whatever. And that's another thing where it's like, I was, I was good at being shifty. Like my parents, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking for clients. Like I'd go to Starbucks and I would email people, but I was really, you know, just buying time to not be like scrutinized. I'm like, Hey, like, Stop. I'm trying to book these drone videos. Like, let, I'm going to the park to think about new ways to drone videos. So I would go every day, fly my drone. I was kind of on my own schedule. 
And it's also when Pardon My Take first launched, too. I listened to every episode. Like, that was, like, that time, just remember, like, I remember that. The first episode with Air Horns. Anyway, so I don't listen to it anymore because, like, now I'm with them all day. I get in fights with Hank every day, so I can't, like, <laughs> whatever. So next thing you know, I got one client. And this was, like, my friend's mom who had, like, a clothing business. And it wasn't even really drone. It was more just, like, filming on a tripod. But it was, like, I was, like, all right, I'm getting up steam, whatever. And I think she just felt bad for me, honestly. She was, like, all right, man. Like, I went to stay at his house in Chicago. And she was, like, yeah, I guess you could film this. I'm, like, awesome. So I'm, like, got clients. Like, I'm, I'm moving. <laughs> and I had a few realtors that were, like, yeah, I'll let you know. And, like, it was dry. So now we get into, like, September, October, or no. Yeah, August, September. I took my drone pilot's license, FAA certified, passed the test. It's very hard. You have to, like, know everything. Like, airport, you know, like, the altitudes, everything. It's very hard. So, I took it. And I'm like, all right, now I'm going to be legit. Because that was the excuse. Like, oh, well, I don't have the official license, so I can't get that many jobs <laughs> as soon as I get that. And it only opened September 1st, so I had the whole summer to prepare for the test. <laughs> I was just a master at, like, not facing the real world. So finally, I get the test, still no drone videos, whatever. And my girlfriend, like, she would come to St. Louis this whole time. Most supportive, like, she stuck with me through everything. But there was times where she was, like, so, like, and during this whole time, making music videos, all this stuff. She's like, so, like, I believe in you and you're going to do it. But, like, you might have to get a job just in the meantime. She's like, how are we going to live? You know, she she graduated college and got a job right away like a normal person. And she's sitting, you know, come visit me. I'm, like, in my boxers, like, all day. And she's like... Can you like maybe just try, you know? And I'm like, baby, like, would you believe or not? You know, like, I'm like <laughs> you came back are you over with the me top. or not? Yeah. And she's like, I do, I do. And I'm like, then just trust me. Like, I'm gonna make it work. You know, like, even though she's probably like, what are you gonna do to make it work? Because you're not doing anything. So, eventually, I was sitting there and I had a few. I, I put this album out that I've been saving for like a year because once again, you don't put the album out, you can't officially have it not blow up. So I was sitting on it for like two years. <laughs> So September 29th of 2016, I put this album out. I'm like, here it is, folks. Let's go. <laughs> We've been waiting. It's time for the big time. I was like, you know the Kanye thing where uh, he said, and you guys probably don't know this because you weren't pretending that you were going to blow up for like five years, but he always tells a story where like the last time he went to the mall before college dropout came out, he's like, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. And I, in my head, I'm like, hey, man, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to play men's league while I can. So I put it out. Crickets. Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, so, for real, it was like literally nobody or like there were like 10 people like, man, I've been waiting people. for this shit. Oh, no one was waiting for <laughs> it. Dude, no one was waiting for it. Like that, let me be clear. There was, when I say yes, 10 people, 10 people, my friends were like, dude, this is pretty good, man. Like, I love this. And then they'd play it at like their pregame, send me videos and like, you know, it feels good. But it, it was 10 people that were like obliging. They weren't like... <laughs> Finally, dude, <laughs> drop that. You know, like, no, that, that never, that still has never What was happened. your artist's name, by the way? Oh, man. I went as Ben Freeman for a while because that's another thing. I was like, I don't have to have a fake name. Like, I'm just going to do it like me, you know? But then I started, so I had a tag. You know how, like, Rick Ross, like, Maybach music, like, all, like, you have, like, a tag? My girlfriend recorded 2012. It was like, it's Freedy, baby. That was, like, my thing. I'll play it for you. I'll give you the MP3. So that was, like, my name. Like, I thought. I don't know. It, dude, listen. Credit, I at least tried, but hey, man, it is what it is at this point. So, anyways, it's tough to, like, go into your dad. Like, I play hockey. Be like, my dad's friends were, like, successful business people. And I'm like, yeah, like, you got to check out my song. So, I go on YouTube. It's uh, Freedy Baby. And it's called, like, uh, Champagne or something. No, but So, I put it out, nothing. So, I started. This is, like, the first time that I really was like, all right, man. Like, it, you know, you look in the mirror. And... <laughs> 
after seven years of like, oh, that was the first time that I was like, all right. So I used to walk in the woods every day in the morning, which was, I wish I could do that now in New York. And I was sitting there, I'm like, I just have to find a way, because I would make songs, and I'm like, I'm going to get this on Barstool. I loved Barstool, and I was making music, but I was like, I have to do something that they will blog, right? So I had, to do, I had made music videos before that I hadn't do it, but finally I was like, I'm going to do, so Caleb at the time, this dude who's now my friend, another thing where it's like embarrassing, where you're friends with someone now that you were like idolizing, not idolizing, but like trying to get their attention desperately. So he was like the music guy, you know, he would like, I don't know, not even whatever, but he would have like his podcast, have a lot of rappers on it, whatever. So I was going to make a song called like something about Caleb Presley in the name. Cause I'm like, they're bloggers, they're whatever. He will pay it. Like for the love of God, at least they will see this. You know what I mean? So that was like my engineering of like, all right, they'll, he'll at least blog it. Like, Oh, someone made a song called me. I'm like, I'm, I have to get on Barstool. And in my mind, it was, I'm going to get on Barstool to blow up as like a music person, not to get a job. Which, of course, my dad was like, hey, moron, like, you should try to work there. And I was like, I was too scared, you know? Barstool's an intimidating place to, like, try to work at because you think they're going to be like, you suck. You know, like, those guys are, Dave is very funny and, like, he knows what's not funny immediately. Like, and he'll tell you, like, yeah, that's just not funny. You know what I mean? So I was terrified. So I was walking in the woods. Crazy enough. Uh, October 27th, 2016, it was yesterday. Not like I went in the woods yesterday and did the same walk to commemorate my own. But anyway, so that's just my own weird OCD of like that kind of stuff. I was walking in the woods and I had a line where I was like, I feel like, or I was like, I'm really like young page views in 2005. Cause like Dave's Davey page views, whatever you guys, are you familiar with that? Cause people think I made up that name. That was like his name, Davey page views. And I was like the same way that Dave in 2005 with Barstool, like, there was no indicator of success at that point that it was going to work. And now he's like, at, so that was like my line, whatever. And then in the woods, it just clicked. I was like walking. I was like, I should make a song about that. Like, fuck Caleb. No offense, but like <laughs> Dave will pay attention to this. Uh-huh. So I wrote the entire lyrics of the thing. I was like, oh shit, like this might be it. Like crazy, like it's just crazy how that works. But I was like, I was so obsessed with Barstool. I knew all the jokes, all the storylines that the lyrics were easy to come to because all I did was read Barstool all day, every day. I'm telling you, I read every blog. Like, maybe not read the entire thing, but I would skim it. I would look at, like, videos. I read every blog on Barstool. So I wrote the song that night, recorded it in my mom's car. I was like, oh, man. Like, most of the time when I'd have songs, I'd delay, delay. I knew this was different because I, like, I never just went and did stuff. Like, I would always, like, delay it. Oh, I'm going to record this next week. It's going to be huge. So I did it. Then I was sitting there, and I was like, I, I came home. I told my dad, I was like, I think I just changed my life. Like, I think, you know, and he's like, all right, buddy. Yeah, he, like, he's heard that shit before. It's like, <laughs> eat your broccoli tonight. And good, good job, little man, you know? And I was like, no, dad. I'm like, dad, trust me. This is it. Like, you know, and he's like, he's like thinking about like the seven times he had to like drive me to something to film me like at night. And I'm like, no, dad. Like, but like, honestly, shout out to my mom, and dad, because they have a lot of patience for someone that maybe didn't deserve all the patience. But so eventually I was like, then I was like, Dad, like classic. I'm like, it's not just the song. I'm going to make a music video, you know? Like, And at first he's like, just put it out. Like, stop. Because he always get mad at me. He's like, it's always one more thing. It's always one more thing. So whatever. He helped me. And because he was such a Barstool fan too, he helped me with the video. So we made this video, whatever. And I was waiting to put, it took a while to edit. Like we had like all these scenes. I was like, I'm going to reenact every like Barstool moment. Because I knew reverse engineering of this. Like what is Barstool like? You have to know the inside jokes. You have to know, like, the history of it is kind of, like, we cover stuff, but Barcel is kind of, like, the point of it isn't just to cover the news. It's, like, to 
really just like it's almost its own show. You know what I mean? So like stuff happens throughout it, but it's like more like how like the manhunt thing with the Boston bomber, like the fact that Dave and Big Cat were up all night on the police scanner doing it is the story, not just that there was a bombing, you know? So it's more of like the context. So I knew that they had to know that. I knew that they were hiring because it was like they had just been bought earlier that year. So I was like, if I like put all these elements together, it's pray to God they're going to like it. So I put it out November 15th. And it, it did well. Like, they post on the site, KFC. Roan was the first one to respond. Shout out to Roan, who did not have to do that. Who's now one of my, like, good friends. I love him. But KFC responded. Next thing you know, Dave tweets it, and he was like, this is a fire jam. Which, obviously, I knew. Dave, like, he is his own, like, biggest PR firm. So, like, I knew if I made something about him, he would, like, respond to it at least. And then the fact that he was pumping it up because it was kind of, like, in ode to him, that was kind of all, like, part of the plan, right? Like, it's like... I knew he'd pay attention, whatever. So he's pumping it up, KFC, all stuff. And I'm like, I was sitting, I was in Chicago visiting. I was like with my girlfriend, whatever. She's at work, mind you. I'm, bless her parents, too. I'm sitting <laughs> in my underwear in their guest room all day. <laughs> Dead serious. Like, editing these videos. When I dropped it, I was sitting, I might have been naked, in bed, <laughs> under the covers, in my laptop. Like, what do you picture when they do the, like, blog, uh, blogger, like, memes where it's, like, with all the chips? Like, literally, that I was... In bed, propped up against the thing, like, tweeting it. So, I put out. And I'm like, I swear to God, like, this is one of those things that no one can ever, like, see. Because it was like, I didn't have cameras ever. I literally fell down when I saw it on the front page of Barstool Sports. Like, I saw my face. I I know I'm, like, being, like, whatever. I'm sorry for, like, talking so much about this. But, like, I literally fell down. Like, I was like, <laughs> and I legitimately was like, oh, my God. Like, it's the first time in my life, like, after all these music videos, all this shit, hockey, all these things, no one gave a fuck at all. And finally, I was like, this is the idea. This is what's going to happen. And I look, and I see all these tweets. The tweets are one thing, but it's Twitter, you know? You never know what's going to... And I see frontpagebarcelsports.com is like, this is a fire jam, young page. And it's me in my parents' basement. We filmed that. And I'm like, legitimately, dude, I've, I've like, I don't do drugs. It, it must be what it's like to be on, like, acid shrooms. I, I could not believe... What I was seeing. I fell down. And I called my... I'm like, look on look on Barstool. Like, I'm on there. Like, whatever. Stunned, right? So they did the radio show that day. I'm not saying... Whatever. A couple people called in and were like, what do you think of this? Dave was like, oh, like, whatever. He's like, I don't think he was trying to get a job. I think he was just trying to, like, you know, some rap guy looking for some burn. That was his exact words. And I was like, fuck. Because my dad's like, dude, you have to get a job there. Like, also, because he's like... What else are you going to do? <laughs> but at, at the time, I just wanted to get big, whatever. But in retrospect, like one music video, that was a Barstool parody. Probably wouldn't have done the job. But anyways, so it had more views than I'd ever. I'm talking, my my videos would get 400 views. Real talk, first day, they'd get like 180 sometimes, whatever. This had 50,000 views from the time I posted it to like dinner time. And I'm like, I can't even describe to you what that's like. You know what I'm saying? It's like. You can't process your brain. I'm like, oh, my God. And honestly, it's almost underwhelming because it doesn't feel that much better because you don't even know. It's not like it went up 500 at a time. It's just instant. You're like, so I saw the power of, like, the platform. And at this point, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to get on this somehow, right? So I I had, like, a couple people were calling in. He was like, oh, I don't think whatever. So I tried to call in. Luckily, the phone lines didn't go through. Probably wouldn't have got the job if I had gone through. If you had called into the radio show. I yeah. mean, 
I don't know if I was like, hey, what do you think? Can I come yeah, in or whatever? I agree with you. I agree with that. Like, honestly, think about that. Yeah. It's like the mystique of, like, who was this kid yeah. kind of helped me. Right. Even I though agree. I didn't do it on purpose, it was like, who's this crazy totally kid? Totally ruins the perception of if you call in, like, pimping your own shit. And trying to be like, what do you think? Like, can I get a job? <laughs> yeah. like, I, dude, oh, you're done. Legitimately. They need to come after you. I was, and the audience has to want you. Yes. A hundred. And, like, I was actually Johnny Landoff, who you mentioned earlier, talk about, like, he was there when it was, like, who would help me, whatever. He booked a drone video to do, you know, the lot and everything. And, like, that actually is a car, you know, yeah. they can use in their commercials. I think that was a good video I did. I'm not saying it was charity. But who was there to buy one from me when no one would? He's like, all right, let's do a drone video, whatever. So I was coming back from Landoff, and I was calling. This was the next week. Same thing. And I would call. You could see my phone. Every single thing was the Barcelona hotline. Couldn't get in. So finally, I had had the idea before I made the music video separately. You know, kind of, I'd be fishing every day, too. Like, I'm obsessed fishing, all that. Like, that's my favorite thing in the world. So during my time of underemployment and droning, I'd go drone, like, lakes and then just, mm -hmm. like, fish. <laughs> I thought of Barcelona Outdoors where I'm like, this is my niche. Because, you know, they have people to cover hockey. They got business nasty Ryan Whitney. Not at the time, but, like, uh. they have way bigger people than me to cover hockey. So I wasn't going to get in like that. Just being funny, like, you got to be funnier than Dave, Big Cat, whoever. That's a tough order, too. And I was like, I can do outdoors. It's a market. It's a thing that no one has. Like, once again, I was like reverse engineering. Like, if I'm Dave and I'm hiring people, you got to have something that we don't have, and here's what I can do. So I'm like, I can edit videos, I can shoot them, I can be on camera, I can write, please. So I started making stuff, and Dave followed me. This was Thursday. I put it out, I believe, a Tuesday. He followed me Thursday. Which, to me, when someone follows you on Twitter, I'm like, he's going to start DMing me. Nothing. So I messaged him, and I thought he was going to respond to it. I've never been more scared in my life. Messaging El Presidente after I read every single blog he wrote for seven years. I had this whole thing, this whole spiel. Nothing, right? And I... When I sent it, we went to Golden Corral. I'd never been there. It was like kind of like whatever. We went to that Golden Corral. And I'm the whole time I'm waiting for my phone to go off. He didn't respond. Two weeks go by. I messaged him again. I kept making like other videos. I made like a cartoon, all stuff. I'm like, please. I'm like, let me just have an interview. Cause I'm like, if I get in front of him, I can tell him what I want to do, whatever. Finally, after three weeks, he responds. He's like, so what do you want to do? Come in for an interview? I mean, I'd send him 20 messages begging. Like, he, they're in New York. I'm like, I will fly there tomorrow, whatever. Like, and I'm like, yes, like, with, with like, uh, yeah, dude, what do you mean? So then I'm like, yes, like, I will come whenever, like, and I, I had a whole shtick. I wasn't, like, being this thirsty. I was like, like, the show's coming to New York. Like, I had a whole shtick, like, trying to be Barcelona-esque. So, and during this time, I'd been filming outdoor stuff, like, Lone Elk Park, like, not that we know that's not exotic, but, like, anywhere I could, I'd go to the zoo, all these things. I was, like, standing next to elk, like, those things at Lone Elk are nice. They should have gored me. I'm like doing like man on the street with the elk, all this stuff. So I had been building up videos. I went to Florida. Talk about like, I would go on these trips. I'd have $300 in my bank. I'd book the flight for like $220 and like literally eat off like craft singles and like Funyuns. Like it was such a non-sustainable way of life. But anyways, so finally he was like, okay, next Tuesday works. It was a Friday. So I'm like, next Tuesday, like, you know, my old brain of, like, not ever wanting to face the music. I'm like, oh, he means next week, Tuesday. I got plenty of time. I'm going to shoot these videos. Finally, I was like, dude, it's this. If, if you miss it and he meant this Tuesday, it's like, you got to go. So this was Friday. And I was with my, my mom was filming me doing these animal videos. 
another sobering moment where I'm like, hell yeah, like Dave. She's like, what do you say, Ben? I'm like, Mom, <laughs> come on, like I'm trying to be cool. Like, stop. <laughs> so I got my friend Jamie, who's one of my close friends. I saw him last night, and I was like, dude, we're gonna drive to New York because I knew the whole sh- like they like the story. I'm like, I'm going to drive. I'm going to make a documentary about trying to get a job at Barstool, which they all, you know, Barstool's very interesting. No one had done anything like that. There was no behind the scenes. There was no nothing. It was still kind of a Wild West. All right, here's our Sopranos moment. We're cutting it right there because we have part two coming up. Now, you might be mad at me. You might be mad at me. But uh, it, there's still another, like, hour and 20 minutes or hour and 30 minutes to go with Young Pageview. So I said at the start it's going to be a two-parter, and the next uh, part will air uh, a week from Sunday, uh, which would be November 11th. Now you might be listening to this post November 11th and you're like, Oh sweet. Now I can just go right into it. It's kind of a Netflix thing, but, uh, we release new interviews once a week. And so we, this is our first two parter and uh, young page views goes into, uh, his interview at barstool and then the barstool environment, the barstool controversy, we uh, have a conversation on uh, the, the stories that are written about Barstool. So all of that is coming up um, in part two with Young Page. He was very grateful for him coming in, and uh, and I think you will enjoy part two uh, as we get into his interview at Barstool and how he got the job and now his time up there. And then, you know, obviously Barstool for, for some is a source of controversy, so you will hear that coming up in part two. Thank you to our sponsors for making the podcast possible. Talking about Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Talking about Mark Hanna, our guest presenting sponsor of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And, of course, Mike Judy presents Johnny Landoff Chevrolet and Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling, all making the Tim McKernan Show possible for Gangster Pete, for Iggy, for my videographer, Nick Yale, and for our guests this week, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Young Page Views, Ben Friedman, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.